Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike, Live Mike. Check one, two. with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. The show, we've called it Live Mike because, you know, the mics are live. Pretty simple concept there. Uh, episode 10. I'm grateful to you for sticking with us uh, this long. I hope that you uh, stay with us for a good long time to come. We've reached double digits. Uh, I'm not going to celebrate yet, though. Uh, I'm going to wait till triple digits. Once we get to episode 100, we'll have a, a party or something. Maybe we'll open our doors here at KSL and invite you over to celebrate with us. Uh, that's if I make it that long. I intend to. Uh, and I'll be able to do so, I think, with your help. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I-, I need some tips. I need some pointers. I need to know what I should be talking about. Maybe I'm talking too fast. That was a criticism earlier. All this excitement about the new show. I was talking a mile in a minute. Uh, you guys set me straight, though. The text messages were very helpful to calm me down. Uh, speak a little more slowly and deliberately. Let your thoughts catch up with uh, your mouth, Lee. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, what I'm focusing on as we make this show all the better for you. Episode 10 today. Day, uh, live mic, a uh, big deal. That's not why uh, I've asked you here to listen in on this segment, though. We are joined in studio by Ashley Patterson. She's the executive director of the Wasatch Community Gardens. Uh, ma'am, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Lee. It's so great to be here. The reason I invited you in studio is there was a headline in uh, the news the other day. It said that there was a community garden uh, that had some plans for the future, and to bring those plans to fruition, it was going to cost. $6.2 million. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. So now I did some dig. At first I thought, and I think naturally the thing is, I, I'm aware of your of the gardens over there. I've seen the, the, the boxes. And, uh, and if I'm honest, I have not, uh, I, I've never spoken to anyone over there. This is your, uh, the first time you and I have spoken. I have been ignorant to what it is you guys do over there, other than knowing that uh, there are some tomatoes and some other uh, plants growing out front. So when I saw $6.2 million, I thought... Um, let's figure out what's going on exactly. Uh, and as uh, as you very generously have shared with us uh, your plans for the future, I see where you intend to spend this money. And, uh, and if you can pull it off, it, it might be a pretty good thing for the community. So with all that said, tell us, what are you up to? Well, so um, we this is more than a community garden. You may know that we have a really fabulous community garden just behind the KSL studios here. Mm-hmm. We call it the Gateway Garden. It's right there at the railroad tracks just south of the North Temple Viaduct. Mm-hmm. We also have a small urban farm over there, which is 1.4 acres on 1st South 6 West. And we do a job training program for women who are facing homelessness and single moms in poverty. So those are... 
are garden spaces and the cost to start and run one of those is is much much less in this case we were we had to purchase three existing homes we wanted this to is fascinating help us tell us uh, help us have the map in our head where is it located in reference to the park and all um we're on 8th south and 6th 600 east okay and we've in salt owned, lake city yeah oh sorry um we've owned that parcel on the corner we call it the grateful tomato garden for uh 23 years and we've gardened on it since the mid 80s and so um when we had the opportunity the three homes to the east of that parcel came up for sale with one seller and when we had the opportunity to purchase those in 2017 it was like we have to do this and we were able to raise um the $750,000 to purchase the properties in less than 30 days so um that was that's part of the 6.2 okay we uh we purchased the properties um, and those properties were zoned residential only. Okay. So we want to move our offices this over pretty, there. It's a pretty uh, densely populated portion of, of Salt Lake City. There are houses packed in tight over there, correct? Yeah, they're single family homes. Um, the Because there's a historic overlay in the entire neighborhood, um, to add density is almost impossible because you can't. Um, sure. demolish any of the structures. So I think that's how we were able to get the properties versus a developer who would have wanted because it was zoned to do more dense housing. Mm-hmm. So, which is how we're going to be able to build the apartment building. So we had to rezone and that took a year. So It was, it was zoned purely residential. Yep. You have transitioned it to, what, what's your classification We're now? getting re- residential mixed use and it's 35, which basically has to do with the height. And mixed allowed. use, you see that elsewhere when there's like a grocery store and then on top is an apartment building and maybe there's some like rentable space for an office there. That's yeah. mixed use. Yep. Or restaurants downstairs sure. or um, art space was kind of the original mixed use developer. And, you know, they've got so, a bunch So your organization of has moved in, or your property has moved into that zoning classification. Uh, but part of that mixed use requires residential. Well, we we have to the part of the Salt Lake City's uh, city council's um, decision in allowing us to change the zone was they wanted us to replace the housing that we're being that we're taking with the use of our our offices and our educational facilities. So we'll have an indoor kitchen and a big you know space for all of the kids that we bring to the to the garden for garden based education. Mm Um, and so we had to build an apartment building and that is, turns out an expensive proposition. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we decided maybe if Maybe why they're so expensive to rent. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm very empathetic now to developers. Yeah. Um, turns out if, you know, we thought, well, if we're going to build three, we might as well build as many as we can on a in a building that will fit in with that existing neighborhood. It's a really, really cute neighborhood. Is that a, fi- a financial move on your part? Yes. Is, you hope to draw some income from that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So once we were going to need to do it, we thought, well, let's just create a revenue stream to fund the organization. And if you've got three, I mean, if you can figure out a way to design it and then help get it funded, yeah, yeah. You and you have eight, 
you're making more money. That makes <laughs> makes sense to me. Um, and, and, fo- and folks love those tiny houses these oh, days. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, cram them right in there. They're so cute. Uh, so th- this whole endeavor uh, it costs some money. Yeah, it costs a lot of money. And in your your proposal, which you, you generously shared with me, uh, the the total six point two million dollars that includes the construction of this apartment complex that includes uh, the, which is net zero. Net, what's that mean? Uh, net zero energy, so it's covered in oh, solar panels, yeah. so it's green. Okay. Um, we're doing uh, water collection from the roof, and so we're trying to really make the building very green as I well. See. Um, given what we do for our organization's mission. So the the story is I first heard it, uh, you have this uh, proposal, you want to build all these buildings, you want to make it uh, a place where folks can come and learn and actually do. Uh, and that requires uh, some money. Though there is an interesting timetable for you. You need to raise, uh, is it two, $200,000 by, by early January? Yeah, so in June, a funder called the Alternative Visions Fund, Mm -hmm. they came to us and said, you know, we love your project. Um, If we give you a $2 million challenge and you have have six months to raise $2 million and it's cash in the bank, not pledges. Sure. So we're $200,000 from that... From that grant, and we have about a week left. It's, and that, that's it's the January second. No, no, they don't have no wiggle room for you. But so far, they haven't haven't talked about wiggle room. We <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, can still ask. Yeah, well, I guess it goes without saying that you would you, you'd be open to receiving some help on that front. We could use some help. We've had very generous support from you know groups like the George S. and Dolores Story Eccles Foundation, the yeah. Willard Eccles Foundation, like all of the very amazing philanthropists that oh, sure. live in our community the mccarthy family foundation I, I mean i i shouldn't even have started because the list is so long you you'd be very open to an angel swooping in and and, and closing the gap that would uh, be here. fantastic but you would also be open to uh, some of the smaller donations that right the the bernie sanders elizabeth warren <laughs> approach right <laughs> i have three a, bucks I, I, I have a feeling that the folks supportive of this effort may also be supportive of their efforts <laughs> You know, like twenty five dollars is 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 a great contribution. We love twenty five dollar contributors. I have a feeling that those uh, Warren supporters and Bernie Sanders wouldn't have, like me, had to ask, "What does net zero mean?" <laughs> <laughs> so my apologies. Well, and I mean, we I we focused a lot on the apartment building, but yeah. you know, the the true. Meaning me, the project is I, I know where you're going. Expansion. I know where you're going. We're going to take a break real quick, and when we come back, if you'd be generous enough to stick around with us, I, I do want to hear what you hope to do, what you hope to build, and what you hope to give to the community if this project indeed uh, it comes to fruition. Uh, that's next here on Live Mike. Our guest is Ashley Patterson, Executive Director for the Wasatch Community Gardens. They've got uh, an ambitious endeavor before them. Uh, let's see if they can pull it off next here on Live Mike on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. KSL's Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program. Live Mike is the name. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 10. This uh, segment, we're talking about uh, a community garden. Uh, in fact, much more than that, a campus, uh, uh, an organization uh, there here in Salt Lake City. Uh, Wasatch Community Guards would like to put together a campus uh, for learning and teaching and doing. And we have in studio Executive Director Ashley Patterson telling us about uh, the expense uh, that goes behind uh, an endeavor like this. And not just that, but some of the hurdles through which you have to leap in terms of zoning uh, and different requirements to, to build. Anyway, that was all the last segment. Now, what I want to know is, uh, tell me about the goals of this project. What do you want to build out there and why do you want to build it? Well, we're really excited. We The original Grateful Tomato Garden is 0.55 acres, and we have a conservation easement on that that we put in place in 2016, so it's permanently protected agricultural open space. That easement's held by the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food, which okay. is so they do it for free, which is fantastic. Um, and we do, we see about 2,300 kids a year there at that garden. We also have 25 families who have community garden plots. And then about five to 700 people come and take, adults come and take a workshop from us. Um, we the also, kids, the, the 2,500 some odd kids, are they coming from schools or wh- where are they coming from? Um, schools, we have a partnership with Youth City, so we see all five Youth City mm-hmm. um, programs f- through Salt Lake, after school program, YWCA kids, Neighborhood House. So we tend to have mostly kids from um, social service agency partners probably don't have a lot of access to gardens and fresh food but then we also have a fee-for-service summer camp program and our partners for that are natural history museum and red butte and tracy aviary and so those are those are kids who can pay and they come for a week-long summer camp. that's the status now you'd like to grow it you'd like to offer more we would um what we'll be able to do on the campus is rather than just have one group at a time being able to function we're going to be able to double that um we're also building a really we have a small greenhouse Mm -hmm. but it's not a teaching greenhouse so we're building a fairly decent sized teaching greenhouse so we'll have be able to extend our season normally our kids classes go from april through october and we're going to be able to add a month or two on either end of that um same with our adult classes our adult classes we start you know, and we teach in libraries and we teach in other public spaces, we're going to be able to have them in the garden. We'll also have this education cottage where we have an indoor kitchen. We currently have a very small outdoor kitchen, but um, part of getting, especially kids, but any humans interested in eating more vegetables is not just to hand them raw kale. It's to make the kale into something that tastes good and, and from the sweat of their own brow they pulled it from yeah. the soil and yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean a carrot you can pull out of the ground and yeah, it's yeah. delicious or a little cherry tomato but some other things take a little bit more work carrots are delicious i love carrots out of the really? soil they're when they're yeah. sweet well, i'll take your word for it don't buy baby carrots in the weird little don't do that our baby carrots <laughs> you, you seem to be an expert in this field baby carrots do they grow to that size or are they no, like shaved down? there's something weird that goes on there <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, tangent. My mind's wandering. Tell me more uh, about uh, this campus. You're going to have teaching spaces. You're going to invite folks. Who, who, who will be invited? Um, we'll continue to do our partnerships that we do already. We have a really amazing partnership with Valley Behavioral Health where we work with folks who have um, severe mental illness. Yeah. And we tend to go to their site with fresh veggies and we make gazpacho and smoothies and all sorts of fun things. And we bring them on a field trip or two. So it's likely that we'll do more programming with, you know, that population. We've been, um, we've worked with veterans. We've worked with um, all kinds of different youth groups like scout groups and um, church groups and we've had to say no a fair amount over the last couple of years just because we don't have a lot of extra spaces and so we're really excited that we can really start to expand these partnerships rather than say well we're full um, which has kind of been the response of for the last couple of years. You and I have been speaking at length uh, on this issue, the, the community gardens. It's a, you are with the you are the executive, executive director of the Wasatch Community Garden. Our guest is Ashley Patterson. Uh, you, you have described uh, both on air with me and on the break. Uh, it, it's a tremendous. A tremendous effort. Uh, there have been frustrations along the way. Uh, th- there's a chance for more frustrations on the horizon. There is a big, uh, giant bill to be paid here in the next few days if you're going to pull this uh, off. Uh, let me ask you, as the executive director, the skipper of the ship, the one in charge of it all, is it worth it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we cannot continue to look at agriculture as a placeholder in in this country. We can't sort of go, oh, well, until this land is valuable for an apartment building or a shopping mall or a movie theater or a parking lot, we're going to just, we'll use it to grow food on. We really have to start valuing the place that agriculture holds and green space in cities and getting kids connected to food. We also work, we have a great partnership with um, IRC's New Roots, so we work with refugees. We have about 80 refugee um, families that have garden plots in our 16 community gardens. Like, this is a really, it's a much bigger issue than one garden. This is a, this is about sort of healthy food, green space, vibrant cities, connecting to your neighbors. You know, there's so many things that a little garden pot does for a community. It's really kind of a magical, and in a lot of ways, I always say it's cheap. Relative to, you know, going to buy organic food at at very expensive markets and all those sorts of things. I know about that. Uh, Our guest has been Ashley Patterson, the executive director of Wasatch Community Gardens. They uh, are undertaking a a big project. They're trying to build a campus here in Salt Lake City uh, that will allow them to instruct the community on how to interact with the soil and actually uh, give them opportunity to to do that interaction there on site. It's a a tremendous undertaking. carries with it a big price tag. Folks want to learn more about your organization in general. What's the website? Wasatch Garden, www.wasatchgardens.org. Anything I've uh, forgotten to ask you over the past half hour? No, happy holidays. All right, same to you. Uh, I'll tell you what, as this goes forward, and and on January 2nd, I want to hear, I want to hear if you you reach the goal, uh, and as this continues, if uh, the day comes where you're breaking ground, uh, I'd like to to hear about that and talk to you about your feelings then. And as services expand here uh, in your campus, uh, I'd like to to know about that. I'm grateful to you for joining me this segment. Thanks for having me, Lee. Thank you so much. Uh, Our guest has been Ashley Patterson, Wasatch Community 
Gardens. In our next segment, we're going to talk uh, about that unfortunate scam uh, that was, well, th- let me tell you how it went. There were some scammers, and they targeted the wife of a representative here in the state of Utah. And in this case, the scammers won. They took $150,000 from this family, their life savings. It's all gone, and it was done uh, through an act of evil by scammers. We're going to talk about the details of that, and I want to tell you uh, that if you react to this story by saying, what was she thinking? How how could she just hand all that money away? I want to tell you that uh, it is never the victim's fault. Uh, The folks who bear the responsibility for this evil and for this crime are the criminals. Remember that. We're going to go into more detail on that very issue next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.